Actually, on a project that we've just finished, we've done something really magic, and it was for their firstborn. So it had a little cot bed, all beautiful. And then we made a little custom corona over it, and we used my client's wedding veil to ah. make the drapes over the bed, and it was just such a lovely idea. Welcome to Houseguest with me, Carol Annett, where I chat to people who shape the world around us through decoration and design. Today, I'm delighted to say I'm sitting with Henriette von Stockhausen of VSP Interiors. And Henny does the most beautiful, immaculately curated, homely spaces. She is very much in demand. She's got about 10 even more projects on the go. But she's very kindly um, sat down with me because we're going to chat about four poster beds. Welcome, Henny. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here. I love talking about four poster beds. <laughs> literally my favourite thing. And, and the thing is that you are renowned. You always put four posters in your projects or in general. That's kind of something that you are very renowned for. Yes, I, I, think, um, I think I've never actually done a project that didn't have a four poster bed in it. Generally, I try and have at least one, so the master bedroom or the principal guest bedroom. My clients generally ask for it as well, so I think we've just got known for, for doing them. Sometimes we do two or three, sometimes we do even little ones for, the, for little children. So we've done a, a, a pair of four posters for a project that we did in Hampshire. You know, two little princesses, they were very happy. They were, of course, pink. Um, but yeah, so we try and have at least one generally in, in our projects, just because they're just so special. First of all, what, what is it about a full poster that you just love so much? So I think they just make you feel really special for starters. I don't know if you know that feeling when you arrive somewhere at the country house for the weekend and you get given a suite with a four poster and you just sort of sink in and you look up at the ceiling of the four poster and you think you were the luckiest person. So, or, you know, in a country house hotel, so it's the best, you know, suite has got a four poster bed in it. So I think it just makes you feel really special. But also the other thing that it does is it, it creates a room within a room and because of that, it just gives it that extra little bit of comfort and coziness and you sort of feel slightly more protected, especially when the rooms are very big. And I think that's probably part of why we have four posters as well, uh, historically. But um, yeah, you just feel slightly more protected and safe. And, uh, you know, it keeps the draft out if there is. And it's just terribly romantic, really. And do you, do you need a big room? You don't always need a big room. I mean, the, the benefit of it is that if you have a big room, it creates that slightly more cozy space in a large room so that you don't feel so, you know, sometimes you can feel quite lost in a large room and also the acoustics are, you know, because it is such a large space, you, you know, the acoustics are a little bit louder and harder. So it just adds that privacy and that little bit more comfort to a large room. But it can also do the opposite, you know, it can also do something amazing to a small room. So my best friend has got a huge Jacobean full poster bed in a very, very small cottage bedroom. And it just makes something really special of that room. So every time we stay there, it's, you know, it, I don't know, it's just a magic room that it's got this huge Jacobean bed in it. So I think it, it just is special wherever it goes, but it can be beneficial to both small and large spaces, in my opinion. 
Now you design, you have a design yourself that you make for your clients. Yes, we've got, so we've got several designs and generally we adapt them to the room sizes, the room height, the style of the house, you know, what our clients want, whether they want uh, four sets of curtains, you know, to all four corners, or whether they want something a bit more contemporary, or whether they want something really traditional for a Georgian country house. Uh, again, there's a simpler style, uh, a slightly more decorative fluted style. We've got, you know, we can do curved pelmets, we can do simple straight. It's completely adaptable. And, and the most important thing is that the proportions are right, because now obviously everybody wants a 180. These, these, which is, what, to, which is a super king. Which is a super king, yes, uh, 180, exactly. But obviously they never used to be that size uh, because beds used to be much smaller. Because we so were much smaller. Yeah, we were much smaller. <laughs> um, and you, you can still see that in doorways and things, can't you? It's, it's lovely. But the most important thing is obviously proportion. So the wider you make the bed, the taller it will need to become so that it doesn't look sort of short and fat and squat. And so that's quite important. So we, we scale that up depending on what size mattress our clients want. And then really we can have any finish because it's so custom. It can be painted, hand painted, crackled, any wood finish, any, you know, anything you like. I mean, You've yeah. even done a mirrored one. Yes, we've done a mirrored one for a client. That was a complete one-off commission. That was amazing. It was um, antique mirror, so it wasn't sharp, you know, sharp reflection. So it was very mottled and sort of soft and beautiful. And then in contrast, we've put uh, an antique Suzani headboard all the way up to the, you know, to the ceiling of the bed. And that really worked quite amazingly well because it had such a stark contrast from the mirror to the soft Suzani. And it sort of played very well against, you know, against each other. Uh, so, yeah, I loved that one. I loved doing it because it was almost like a little puzzle, like a conundrum to work on this, to, to, to make it work. It was very complicated because we wanted it to look elegant and sort of elongated and so i really wanted the posts to be uh, tapered towards the top so they look slightly more elegant rather than just straight which would have been the much easier solution for the mirror but in the end we managed to find a solution and it did yeah it did look spectacular and they're single like sort of icicles really single pieces of mirror yes on all the le- on all the on all the uprights yeah uprights. on all the posts yeah yeah. Amazing. And then a sort of lovely curved palmet Can- to it. Yeah. Is it a canopy or a palmet? Uh, well, <laughs> who knows? Well, the canopy generally, yeah, it could be the canopy, but I think canopy is probably on the inside, but I'm not 100% sure and I should know. We call the soft side, if we're having a upholstered part to it, we'd call a palmet. I don't know what you would call it with a mirror. <laughs> have to look it up. Yeah. And what about the, what about the history of the four poster? Do you know, are they, was it, are they European? Where did it all originate? Yeah, so I believe that the first sort of four posters were probably originated from Europe, probably Austria, early 15th century. It sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's so cold there. And because really those four poster beds were created to, to kind of A, give you privacy, but B, keep the draft out, keep the cold out. And generally in these rather more stark uh, castles or houses the rooms were much larger so you sort of needed a bit of a private space and make it warmer and more comfortable I think so these could either be dressed or not have fabric on them depending on your depending on your wealth depending on the style of the house I suppose 
And then I think the bed dressings became much more elaborate, the fabrics and the embroidery. And, um, you know, the more important a house or the more important the owner was, you know, it was, it, it, it sort of was almost a show off piece of your wealth that you could, you know, do with, with the finest French fabrics, silks, you know. And would you, would you normally have a heavier fabric on the outside and then a lighter, more pleatable fabric on the inside? Is that normally how it works? I mean, that's certainly quite often how we do it. Historically, I mean, you had uh, incredible, you know, silks on the inside and heavy, heavy gold thread embroideries and monograms and crests and everything that you can possibly imagine. So we certainly do use, I quite often use a, a silk on the inside for various reasons. Firstly, because you need about 30 or 40 meters of fabric for the inside if you're doing a full full poster bed which is a lot of fabric and uh, sometimes my clients have a little bit of a shock when I you know when I explain how much fabric we do need for it and I find that it's slightly easier to you know persuade them when the fabric isn't 150 200 pounds a meter so we generally tend to stick with a silk or a plain linen or a little ticking or yeah, a little tiny pattern in a cotton or something, so that it brings the cost down a little bit because it just adds up quite a lot. I mean, it is spectacular, but you can get a base, you know, you can get a lovely look and a lovely feel out of it with the silk as well. And it does actually, um, you know, bunch up very well. So you have a lovely, lovely sort of loose curtain at the back and on the sides, and it isn't too heavy or too drapey, if you see what I mean. It's just enough to, to give it a little bit of body. And the other thing I really like doing is um, choosing a slightly darker colour uh, on the inside just because it makes it just that bit more sumptuous and comfortable and cosy. Um, I mean, I've done some with light on the inside and pattern on the inside, but generally I tend to, to go for something a bit darker um, just to make it really cosy. Um, and what about having a, a more sort of contemporary or in a hot climate? In the, I mean, presumably then you use a muslin or... That's just very different, a very different look, but it's still a full poster. Yeah, absolutely. When I worked uh, with Stephen, we did a very special project, and uh, we had lots of um, antique full poster beds. Um, Who's Stephen? Stephen Ryan, where I used to work. Okay. And you know, twenty six years ago, <laughs> long time ago. But I always think of it because it 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 looked so beautiful. We used just a very thin, uh, slightly embroidered uh, sheer, hand embroidered sheer with sort of a slight sort of loose floral pattern as you would find now with tissue de laine or um, just really delicate and beautiful. And it just floated in the, in the breeze and it just felt very, very delicate and special. I mean, almost like mosquito netting, I would, I would think in, you know, in Africa, if you if you were on a safari or something. So that sort of feel. But sadly, I haven't done anything, um, you, know, <laughs> you know, in those sort of regions yet. I would die to, to do something on an island, deserted island. I don't know. Um, and what about lighting? How does one... Because obviously if you're jumping into bed and you're sort of cocooning yourself amongst all, these, all this beautiful drapery, how do you apply the lighting to that? So we always make sure that we have got the lighting sorted out before. So either the cables are in the wall or it gets switched from the sockets below, depending on if we're upholstering the walls or what's happening behind. It's 
obviously quite good because we've got a back curtain and a full poster bed, so it hides all manner of sins behind. But generally, you know, we try and have the cable obviously in, the, in exactly the right spot. We feed it through the, um, the full poster bed post at the back. And so then you have little flexible, on a flexible arm wall lights on the inside of your bed. Uh, so so you've reading. got a reading light. So you've got a reading. And also it just creates the most magical little light in the evening. You don't have to have any other light on. So just your inside of your bed is sort of lit up. I often do some really lovely antique silk shades on the little uh, lights so that the light gets a little dimmer, a little prettier, a little softer. Um, obviously it'll still be lined in a, in a you know, off-white silk so that you have enough light for reading. But when it sort of, when you look at it from the outside, it sort of glows in a slightly um, more muted colourway. It's very pretty. And then you still have a bedside table with a lamp? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the curtains are generally tied back quite high. That's, I mean, that's how I like it. They generally, I tie them at the height of the headboard about where the lights are so you can very easily still reach everything on your bedside table and your main light on the bedside table if you needed to get up in the night and you know so yeah there's easy access still so you've got to think about your um sequencing of the lights as well because you want to be able to turn it off yeah everything turns off and on on either side of the bed the lights that i usually use either can come with a you know like a rocker switch that kind of drapes down the side of the post or a little rocker on-off switch on the actual light for inside. And then obviously the, the table light has got a switch just on the bedside table. And as far as the, the look of the, um, the whole thing, so we've talked about having curtains all the way around, which is your sort of classic four-poster. Yeah. So when you just have curtains at the back at end, the front, at the back end yeah. or the, the headboard end, yeah. do you call that the back end? Yeah, probably. Okay. The head, headboard end. <laughs> the headboard sounds end. probably more elegant. Um, is, that, is that called a tester or a half tester? No, well, uh, so you can have a full poster bed with just curtains at the back. Okay. So side curtains and a back curtain, they're always, they're always split. So the back curtain is one curtain and then you have a set of, a pair of side curtains which get tied back. So you have a split between the back curtain and the side curtain where you can have cables through or whatever. But if you didn't have a four post the bed wooden bed as such and you just had either a, a wooden half tester or a fabric half tester so it doesn't necessarily have to have a wood you know tester with it then that's a half tester and then if it's I quite often especially for little girls or something I use a little corona which is sort of a a, a round you know almost Close like, like crown, a crown, like a little crown exactly from which the curtains come and they are generally continuous um, and so, then you but you stick that to the wall behind the bed yeah that's cantilevered either to the wall behind the bed or sometimes depending on ceiling height it could come from the ceiling but very rarely yeah. and it I love the idea I think the whole idea of creating somewhere that your children really you know we all we want kids to go to bed we want them to enjoy bedtime and the idea you know it's just such a simple idea to put a little coronet above and drape fabric round and make a it's making a little cave isn't it it's making somewhere really special make it really special and they love it children love it i mean my my daughter had a little you know corona with a little princess bed i mean it was just gorgeous but we've done actually on our project that we've just finished we've done something really magic i love doing that and it was for their first born so it had a little cot bed or 
beautiful. And then we made a little custom corona over it and we used my client's wedding veil to ah. make the drapes for the um for over the bed and it was just so such a lovely idea and such and also, a what a nice thing to do with your wedding veil because you, otherwise you don't do anything it just sits so in the cupboard so romantic as well it's almost like a sort of protective veil over your child i absolutely love that idea and it looks magical because it's not solid so it's not too heavy yeah but it's still there and it's just oh it looks so beautiful I loved it. Oh, how <laughs> sweet. How sweet. Let's talk about fabrics because you, in your schemes, you are very clever at mixing beautiful, what I would call traditional country house fabrics, beautiful Sybil Colfax and John Fowler um, florals and with birds and with quite strong Ikat, Suzani, um, it, it's that juxtaposition of, I mean, they're old, but they have such contemporary designs. Mm. Yeah, I think the whole, I mean, mixing, mixing any sort of periods and any sort of styles and using antique fabrics, I think creates a really exciting environment somehow. It, you know, it almost becomes is sort of electric in itself it's it's interesting to look at and you don't expect it and it's i i mean i love working with antique fabrics anyway because i think you know we are in this complete throwaway culture and you know using antique things is a the right thing to do and b they just have a feel to them and a drape to them and a, and a history to them and and a softer look to them that i just I'm hugely attracted to and I always use it in my you know interiors whether it is for a headboard an antique Suzani or you know Anatolian old panels uh, on drapes or on a headboard mixed in together with an old embroidery or antique silk on shades or you know any room needs a little bit of that juxtaposition of something a bit more contemporary and a little bit more old just to create some excitement really. Is this Susani a garment or is it a, um, I don't, it's it a wall hanging. hanging. Yes. Where yeah. are they from? You can buy them from all over now, I think. Um, but we try and find, we try and find old ones, uh, which have a slightly different look to them because the, the threads are sort of vary in color. So you get that lovely in and out fade of, you know, when, when the thread gets worked with. And they just have slightly softer, slightly softer colours as well. I find the new ones quite harsh because they're very strong reds and very strong greens and blues. Whereas the older ones tend to, you know, just be really quite gentle. But, you know, we, we use them a lot. And if they're not quite the right size, it doesn't really matter. You can then um, trim them in some old velvet or trim them in some plain cream silk or something uh, to match what else is going on in the room. So... I think it's really exciting. But I mean, even if the budget doesn't quite stretch to a huge headboard or whatever, you could, I mean, there's so many lovely cushions out there now that, that so many people sell. So, you know, if you wanted a little bit of that look, you could just get a couple of lovely cushions on your bed and have a simpler headboard. So I think there's many ways of get the, getting those elements in. And where do you look for your antique fabrics? Do you go, um, do you look online? Do you go to auctions? All of the above, really. I look, I look at auctions a lot. I mean, that's basically what I do every night. Um, I look at auctions. But I, you know, there's lots of people like 
Francesca Gentili, there's Susan DeLis, there used to be Peter Smith, there is some... Um, and actually, you... Joss Graham, sorry, I've just remembered, Joss, Joss Graham. Graham has got a huge amount. And, and there's a huge amount, um, if you just look on the internet, if you spend a little bit of time, you can find quite a lot of people. Catherine Poole, I think, is, has also got uh, some lovely, also some French vintage... You know, it doesn't always have to be Suzani. It doesn't, you know, there's yeah. such a plethora of beautiful antique fabrics and they can all be mixed. I think that's the charm. That's that's how it comes together. Just whatever you find. And then that can be the starting point or, you know, or a beautiful rug can be the starting point, antique rug. And then you sort of pull out all the, all the colours and find your antique elements that way. And actually, if you're buying an off-the-shelf um, for poster from I don't know a, a heels or a Neptune or something you can actually you know you could buy your own Suzani or piece of whatever and, and kind of drape it or you know create something a bit more exciting from a lower price point yeah absolutely I think you can do all sorts of things but even just a simple linen I think draped over a modern full poster can look really charming Again, I would probably, if I kept the bed simple and the drapes simple, I would probably do uh, some lovely wallpaper on the walls then just to, just to get that level of, you always want a little bit of pattern and you want a little bit of colour, otherwise it becomes a little bit too stark and too, you know, for me, a little bit soulless. I need to, you know, in a room, especially a bedroom, I'd like to know a little bit about the person that's in it, that it belongs to. So I always try and make sure that, you know, the bedrooms of my clients kind of tell a little bit of a story about them. And I would always know who whose bed it is. Uh, so, you know, I think that's important. So if you go for something a little bit more stark looking, like, a, you know, heels or, you know, square sort of... I, I mean, actually, Max Wallet does a beautiful... He has a beautiful selection of slightly pared down, simpler um, full poster beds that don't need much dressing, that could just have a really lovely antique linen uh, flat draped uh, curtain on the back, and that's it. But yeah, generally I would try and get a, a level of pattern or something in somewhere, so I would use a, a, a pattern wallpaper, a gently patterned wallpaper probably if I'm keeping the bed really simple, or the other way around. I love using fabrics on the walls, so silks or linens, um, just because it again it adds to the warmth and the and it kind of takes the echo out of a big room, and it really creates that softness. So if I have that plain, as in a plain silk or a plain linen on the walls, I would then probably go slightly more decorative on the headboard and the actual bed. But that's that's just me. But that's a sort of balance that I try and create. And what about your own four poster? Huh? <laughs> I haven't got one. I am still hoping for one. Actually, funnily enough, I have put a bid in this morning on a bed that is up for auction at Druids um, at the Robert Keim cell, who I, you know, adored. And I absolutely think that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I don't think my budget will reach, but, you know, I've given it a good go. Don't Somebody's tell, Don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell my husband, anyway. Um, but, yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Um, that would be very exciting if I did get it. But otherwise, one day I will have to make one for myself.
I think you deserve it, Henny. Um, and if you look on Henny's website, which is vspinteriors.com, yeah. there are lots of swooningly beautiful bedrooms just to get ideas from and to have a look at the um, how cleverly you use the mix, the vintage and the, um, the modern fabrics. It's really lovely. Um, thank you, Henny, and good luck. With thank the, you very much. Head. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah, do. Yeah. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. You can hear more House Guest on British Airways in-flight entertainment in the audio section, along with our sister podcast, Breakout Culture, with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Metcalf. You can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett.